All right. So diving into tonight, we've got quite a docket of <laughs> topics. Uh, both groups A and, and B had <laughs> had a ton of stuff. So uh, we'll see where where the discussion takes us tonight. But um, I don't know. Let's let's start with um, unbelief, faith, and belief, and in those first uh, first few sections there. Um, what kind of insights did did you guys? Uh, receive as, as you're reading and, and gleaning some of this information. Um, I'm just kind of looking back at, through my uh, notes here, trying to <laughs> get back into the, the swing of it. Um, I really liked on the bottom of 245, where it talks about um, this, uh, let's see, I got to figure out exactly where it starts. So the, the very bottom paragraph where it, it starts with the, we, when we attempt to accomplish great things, that paragraph right there, but mm -hmm. skipping down a couple of sentences, the eternal value of any act is dependent upon the virtue of the underlying belief. And so this has really uh, been batting around in, in my mind all week um, and last week, but if we, however, are acting upon a prompting from the Holy Spirit, we should have no residual element of fatigue or exhaustion. And I was like, huh, do I really agree with that? And like, have I experienced it? And um, has, does that resonate with me? Um, have no residual element of fatigue or exhaustion, but are rejuvenating, empowering, and exalting. The belief behind the act sanctifies the soil, sanctifies or soils the result. And so, um, I don't know. That was like one of the, the big impacts of, of this section for me was uh, wrestling through that and uh, changing my belief structures behind my service or my promptings in order to have a more rejuvenating effect in my life and not just be kind of like exhausted and fatigued all the time trying to do all of the things like there's so much to study. Right. I mean, you can go down so many different rabbit holes in this and that and everything. And, and there's just not enough time in the day. And so like, I find myself very fatigued all the time yet. Um, if we're, we're listening to the promptings and, and acting on such, it should have no residual element of, of that fatigue and exhaustion yet be rejuvenating and, invigorating there. So uh, that was one of my favorite uh, takeaways and, and ponderings of this chapter, but um, just kind of throwing it out there to, to you all. What what really hit you and um, was kind of like aha moments or anything? I, I'd underline the same section, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. That was one of my favorite paragraphs right there but for a different reason. <laughs> Do you want me to wait? <laughs> no, go for it. Okay, because I loved where, because I've been leaning this way anyway, between Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. because we learned that the Holy Ghost is those five things. He's a sanctifier, revelator, teacher, testator, and comforter. But it didn't say anything about he's the one that gives us promptings. But I think right there in that verse, it says a prompting from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm thinking that the promptings come from the Holy Spirit, which is Christ, which is really interesting to me. 
Mm -hmm. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. I've also been trying to like really focus in and and hone in on when things are from the Holy Ghost and when things are from the Holy Spirit and and stuff like that. So yeah, that's huge in that section there. Can I ask a question? Yeah, for sure. To both of you. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're differentiating, um, how does that make a difference for you? That's a great question. (laughs) Go for it, Mona. To to me, that, that Christ is so involved in my life that he's given me promptings and leading me that way i don't know it just meant a lot to me that that's coming from christ in that way yeah so like uh, some have uh mentioned um as we were studying from last week's uh yeah there's the differentiation of holy ghost holy spirit but does it really matter as long as you're receiving and acting on promptings and and good feelings and stuff like what how did you respond to that (laughs) okay so i think it matters a lot because and i i think president nelson's trying to get us to understand he's saying hear him well who is him Uh, i take it to mean jesus christ we've got to be able to to know who jesus christ is recognize him we might miss this whole uh, second coming thing if we don't recognize who he is and know and know him i think it's important that we hear him realize that revelation is from him and apparently our promptings as well yeah and i i see you know the role of the holy ghost he's not there to tell us to do things he's there He's there to bear witness of truth. He's there to give us truth, to enlighten us. When we get promptings to do something, that is from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Even though it comes through the Holy Ghost. Right. To, but it is from Christ. I don't know. It just meant, means a lot to me. It, it, uh, I, yeah. Thank you. I have another question then. <laughs> okay. So great. Sorry, I've, I've been gone for a bit, so I've, I've got lots of thoughts in my head. Um, so my husband passed away almost five years ago, and um, through lots of experiences on with the other side of the veil, um, I know that um, a lot of times um, he will be the one to whisper the promptings So my understanding is that he is speaking on behalf of Christ. Um, And I know there's lots of times besides um, experiencing him guiding me that there's um, that, that, that angels are, they do that a lot. And so I'm just wondering what everybody, what everyone's take is on, on that. And if you've had, knowledge or experience about that yeah i was just gonna say oh go ahead no it's okay go ahead and i'll 
I was, I was just going to say that, um, I, as you were talking about, um, as you guys have been talking about the difference. I was going to, I was going to ask, do you think it is Christ himself or somebody serving, you know, he sent someone to, um, in his place. That was one of my questions. Um, and then I was also going to mention that the differentiation between the spirit and the Holy ghost was huge for me because my oldest son is, um, not interested in the church at all. He's a recovering alcohol heroin addict. He's doing really great, but I know that he, he is super inspired. He's coming. I'm, I'm watching him because we pray for him constantly and, you know, we keep our covenants. So I know that there are promises regarding his life and where he will hopefully end up. But, um, I have watched him over the last year and a half be guided to understanding that this, the country is headed for the end as we know it, but in a completely different way than I, in fact, I had a conversation with him last week about, he was telling me, mom, do you realize in less than 20, 30 years, our country will not be the way it is. And I said, Wes, you understand that that's been prophesied, you know, like, but he's learning this stuff in a completely different pathway than I am. And it's because of the spirit, the Holy spirit, because, uh, and he's not worthy for the Holy ghost. He was baptized and received the Holy ghost, but because of how he's living, he's not worthy of it, but he's in so inspired. And so it, it meant a lot to me to understand, to finally understand what is happening in his life, that Christ is very involved in his life because he doesn't have, I don't know if have to is the right word, but he's not worthy for the Holy Ghost, but of course he's worthy to be guided and um, inspired. And he's he follows that conscience, even though he doesn't acknowledge what it really is. So anyway, I was just thinking about that, that what is the significance to me? And it's been huge to understand that difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So my thought was that I don't think it necessarily would be your husband alone. I think that your husband is is going as an errand and I'm sure you know that but I also think that the Holy Ghost will always be with like the angels like so that the Holy Ghost can testify what is being explained or told to you through a, a messenger and so those are my thoughts is that even though it feels like your husband is the one giving you the answers it actually is probably the Holy Ghost Obviously, I don't know this for sure, but my thought is, is that it would be, and that he was present, that you felt his presence versus his voice, if that makes, I mean, and I, and I could be wrong because there have been people who have said, you know, I heard a voice and they felt like it was someone's voice, but, um, and not, that's not to say that it couldn't be, um, his voice along with the Holy ghost to testify of what you're feeling, you know, cause the feeling isn't from your husband the feelings from the Holy ghost, the voice might be, you know, 
from your husband. I don't know. Those are my thoughts on it. Thank you. Well, I think that's very special. And I know that there are guardian angels and family members that are appointed to help us and watch out for us. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really nice. When we were, in, thank you. When we were in the hospital, um, after he'd passed away, they have a, um, it's not a bereavement room, but it's like in the ER where you can um, spend time with your loved one, with, with his body. And um, so I'll, I'll, I was there and my kids were there and as many spouses as could be there were there. And um, our bishop came and gave each one of us a blessing. And um, so he gave like 10 blessings. And um, one of my children was told in a blessing that um, he will, my husband will be a ministering angel for him. And nobody else had that in there. And I have. Um, just been watching and seeing how how it's all playing out and it's it's very interesting and I also have had a blessing once when I was injured and um, one of my sons was um, mouthpiece for the blessing and he um, I think I've told this one before but I don't remember anyway he um, my husband was whispering into my son's ear during the blessing what to say and my um my son hesitated and he was he was afraid to say because what my husband told him is that I would be healed immediately and I could feel angels working on my legs while the blessing was being given and he um said that I would heal very quickly instead and I um, one big problem, it felt like my leg was broken that, uh, corrected itself, but the, um, I, I wasn't, um, healed all the way. And I don't know, I probably just, I thought, oh, I'm not going to be healed immediately. And so my faith level was at that, <laughs> at that level. So, so I know that, um, so I, I don't know, I don't know if he was speaking for Christ or if it was for the Holy Ghost, um, but it it was it was him, and that's not super unusual for that to happen. So I'm just super curious about how this all. Yeah, it's interesting in that um, in last week's material. Let me try to find it. But um, where even when the Spirit of Christ, even when Christ is talking to us, that it's still through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I, I feel that that kind of transfers over to, to our ancestors as well. Um, like I've had experiences where, where I ask Heavenly Father to, to work with a certain individual on the other side of the veil for family history reasons or ministering reasons or whatever. And, you know, like, it's not like I'm just like sitting there praying to my ancestor, right? But like, I, I'm praying to Heavenly Father and saying, hey, I really want to be companions with, with so-and-so for the day. Can I, can I speak with them and uh, um, kind of operate here? But all of it is through the power of the Holy ghost. You know, all of our prayers are by the power in the name of the son to the father. Like we're, we're utilizing all these people yet. uh, Sometimes it kind of gets muddled and 
sometimes we don't even know how to explain it. Like, obviously, I don't know how to explain it either. But um, as we're growing up in the, the gospel, um, sometimes we just kind of conflate everything all into to one almost kind of Trinitarian thing. Like, yeah, it's just all the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and, and now as, as adults trying to pick that apart and, and find out um, who operates by what means so that we can better interact with deity and uh, receive the answers and, and guidance that, that, that we're going for, right? Um, so yeah, very interesting questions and, and things to ponder. It's going to add another layer to my, my thoughts this week and uh, really try to unpack that and get experience with it and stuff. I'd also underlined and like what's it's on page 244, just on the other side, mm -hmm. that, that quote from Elder Bednar. I'll just read part of it. You know, he said, remission of sin is not the only or even the ultimate purpose of the gospel to have our hearts changed by the Holy Spirit such that we have no more disposition to evil to do evil but to do good continually and then the italics part just below there this mighty change is not simply the result of working harder or developing greater individual discipline and i think sometimes you know we think you know we're going to do it on our own we got to do all these things and and then it goes on and says rather it is the consequence of a fundamental change in our desire our motives and our natures made possible through the atonement of Christ the Lord. We have to get his help for the change to happen in us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Because, I mean, yes, we, we can, like, what's that example of, like, buying the bike, right, as a little kid, and um, the parent will will match and exceed the amount that the kid can put in, but the kid's got to put some some time and effort into earning some of that money for it. Uh, likewise, um, everything's from, from God, from, from the savior and everything, but yet, you know, as we, we work and develop, then we can, can qualify for that, um, extra help to be applied. Yeah. I love that quote from Bedlar there. And Christ makes up the difference, but he does he's able to do that because of the atonement he he paid the price mm -hmm. yeah there's sacrifice on both hands right like on our part we have like this little meager sacrifice even though um compared to his meager because obviously all sacrifices are, are daunting but like his is the ultimate sacrifice that you know really pays the the bills versus what we put in to to merit his additional half <clears throat> um so i seen a hand was that yours did you put it down sorry <laughs> i wasn't sure if i wanted to say it because it was kind of um moving on and i didn't know if people wanted oh, yeah. to keep talking but i really loved this chapter i i listened to it d two different times once when i accidentally went over and then i started um back a little bit further on the unbelief because Mm -hmm. that's something I've been uh trying to work through I don't know at what point in my life I've always been pretty faithful and believe like you know believing but somewhere I guess along the way and I loved how he pointed out that as men and women that's just what happens like life happens to us we become cynical we become like well God didn't wasn't there for me that time and so somewhere along you become un unbelieving and I 
I just had a lot of aha moments where I'm like, oh, like this is normal. And it is crucial that I let go of this behavior and go back to like becoming like a child. And I've been really like, like just really working on these, this, this whole idea. I have a, a good friend of mine who, when I talk to her, it's just like, oh, so faith filled. And she's, she just knows her mission and she has these wonderful experiences. And I'm just going, what am I doing to not experience all that? And then tonight I realized it had everything to do with number one. I don't think I've asked forgiveness for my unbelief. And I don't think I've had that moment of like the mighty prayer and the, like the very end of the chapter, he talks about, um, sorry, not, not the end of the chapter, but end of the thing, just to jump ahead for just a second. He just says, um, the Lord doesn't need or want our things. Material objects only get sacrificed when our mortal weaknesses attach ourselves to them. Uh, the physical objects, uh, the, then the cleansing uh, process can include watching those things go up and smoke. Anyway, I think I missed that part, but he wants our purity. He wants our like willingness to not be unbelieving. And I just, I think in this time that we're in right now, there's so much going on that's like taxing our belief, right? Like what is that? What are we supposed to believe right now? Are we supposed to believe that we're supposed to wear a mask? Are we supposed to believe we're supposed to get shot? Are we supposed to believe that we're all going to, you know, um be in trouble if we don't do this or we don't do that and it's just like oh my gosh it's like the belief on either you know on the worldly things is just like our brain's gonna blow but but what i what we need to do is like okay what are the most important things to believe right now and that is that we came here for a purpose and that our savior is coming back and soon and what is our mission and then believing it like asking the lord what is our mission and then putting all of our trust that what we believe will actually come to pass and i just love that that's what this book gives us is like he brings all of the scriptures and all of the truth and reminds us how important this belief is in our lives. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Leslie posted uh, uh, Pat Holland's talk, Walking Water. It's so good. <laughs> Sorry, you're muted. I can't always do that. I feel like it's one of the best talks ever given anywhere, including conference. So, um, if you haven't listened to it or read it, I can't recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. It goes right along with this. I, you know, they should have one conference where they just have all of the apostles' wives speak. I think it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, where was I going? Journal. Oh, um, with what Sarah was talking about. Um, where this is one thing that's been on my mind a lot lately. I, I've received lots of promptings and lots of like course correction from the Lord going, 
you need to start journaling and you need to start doing it now. Like, don't delay anymore kind of thing. And I was like, do I have to? Because <laughs> I'm like the worst journaler. I, I never keep up with that kind of stuff. But I found this, this one uh, YouTube video or whatever that really inspired me to, to journal. But one of the things, uh, sections that he talks about in it was um, manifesting your future self through journaling. He's like, journaling is the power by which time all comes together the past present and future because you're taking your your past you're reflecting upon it and you're prophesying of the future in the now and journaling is the way that god moves you and brings you up to his timetable and stuff and um one of the things is the the manifestation where if if failure wasn't an option what do you consider your ideal day to look like or your ideal day-to-day -day interactions uh, to look like. And, you know, obviously in the context of translation and all of these things that we're talking about, I, I was just kind of putting it to the test and I was kind of writing this fictional Cameron character in the future of what I really envision my, my final mortal self to, to look and do and be. And, and then morphing and, and manifesting into that that person and uh, i tell you it was transformational because of this exact section here the unbelief that i have to like break down in order to become that is is huge and transformational because i know what i'm supposed to be like deep down like whether the pre-mortal covenants that i made to become a, a certain stature in, in this life or just my my personal knowledge of what we should become and so like I, I know it deep down and I wrote it all out on paper and, and everything and yet my unbelief is just like throwing up all of these these veils and roadblocks and and what have you in order to get there and I'm like huh I like Sarah I didn't realize I was so unbelieving but I, I guess I am like okay let's get to work let's let's rend this one let's rend this one what sacrifice is necessary to overcome that kind of a thinking and and this and that and really it has these these past couple of weeks I'm not saying I'm perfect at this because like I'm obviously still not a good journaler but um, getting there is I'm starting to notice the effect of turning back and being childlike not childish but childlike like oh this is what the scripture was saying all along why did it take me so long to to get there but believing in myself like we ask little kids what do you want to be when you grow up and they just they just know what they want to be and uh, they don't see any hindrances but when we get older it's like oh but that's this many years of of schooling and and this, and then you have to worry about this and this and, and trying to put all of this unbelief in there and, and excuses and roadblocks. And yet, if we just remove all those, then God can pay the rest of the price and we can get there. And if we'll just take that belief, put it into action, it's, it's very transformation. So I, I resonate a lot with what, what Sarah was talking about there. It's such a huge section to really internalize and in our process to become. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that and asking so many questions. <laughs> How, what does it look like? What do I need to do? If this is, if the things he talks about here are possible for anybody, what, what do I, what do I do? 
how do I do that? And um, on page 250, I love this. Uh, it's like the third paragraph down. Um, it it's talking about faith in Christ when you have, um, you know, when you have that living faith in Christ, it becomes a living force in our lives. It is living because it originates from the living Christ. It is dynamic, sympathetic to our desires and responsive to our needs. It empowers us to seek and find, ask and receive, knock and open. It is Christ himself responding through the Holy Ghost to our pleas, our prayers and our praise. And I, I wonder some, I, you were saying you feel like you have blocks and it, and I feel like that too. I'm like, I feel like there's a block and it must be unbelief. Um, I was just thinking about that this morning. What is my problem? I feel like there's a block, like I can't quite get this mm -hmm. <laughs> and it must be unbelief. And, um, I just love that there's, I, I know where to start. I know where to start to get those answers. Um, I know that it starts with faith and continuing to, um, build that faith and, um, Anyway, I, along those same lines, I've just been thinking so much about that and asking so many questions in myself, within myself, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I love that he follows it up here in a second with sacrifice, right? I mean, to me, y'all know that I, I love the, the topic of sacrifice, Davidic covenants and all that kind of stuff, but like, it really is the antidote to these veils of unbelief that we throw up as soon, like, if we take a look at biblical covenants, right? So anytime that you make a covenant, it the actual Hebrew term is to cut a covenant. You have to rend something in order to form a covenant. And so anytime that you're seeing animals being cut apart, uh, you know, when we were um, diving through Abraham, his one, when he's getting the, the big panoramic vision, right? He has to to flay all of the animals into two and then walk through the aisle of the animals. He's cutting that covenant. And so this sacrifice, that's the law of sacrifice. Sacrifices is, is the cutting, right? And so every time we have to like cut and, and split apart so that it can be joined back together in a better and holier way. And so when we offer up a broken heart, a cut heart, and, and everything. So this unbelief, that's why we talk about it as rending a veil. It has to be cut in order to be removed or fixed. And the process is sacrifice. Uh, sacrifice and covenant making are rending those, those veils. I, I just love that, that whole section and, and how John ties that together here um, in that, that whole unbelief thing. It really is like how did I not know this all along? I could have saved myself so much time, <laughs> but now I'm getting it. And now I'm able to uh, start acting upon it. So I, can I share something about the Holy Ghost and the light of Christ? Yeah. So just going back into some other stuff of, uh, Mormonism Encyclopedia, I thought it was really interesting. It kind of explains it in a way that really helped. And let me just take a second here. It says, a light manifests itself in different ways and agrees in its less refined existence. Right, Sparley P. Pratt. 
it is visible as sunlight. It is also defined intellectual light in our inward and spiritual organs by which we reason, discern, judge, compare, comprehend, remember the subjects within our reach. It is re, uh, revealed as an instinct, and this is interesting, in animals. And River had thought about the animal side, reason in man and vision in the prophets. And it says, you know, it becomes the goal of all of us, right? To receive more of this light, which is, uh, which for the faithful grows brighter and brighter into the perfect day, which we were just talking about. Then it says it equips all people with the basic discernment of good and evil, which of course we call the content. But by listening to the promptings of the spirit, one is led via faith and baptism to the higher spiritual blessing called, of course, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is what's really interesting. As a gift and higher, sorry, a greater and higher endowment of the same spirit, which enlightens man that uh, every man that comes uh, into the world. And then it says, continual progression will eventually lead to a fullness of the spirit or glorification in the celestial kingdom. And maybe sometimes we have such a hard time understanding the difference between the spirit and the Holy Ghost is because the Holy Ghost is really the higher spiritual blessing, right? It's, it's, a more, it's the greater and a higher endowment of the same spirit. And then you flip over to the Holy Ghost and it says that this is the greatest gift a person can receive in mortality. So it's, it's really interesting to know that, you know, not only is the spirit given to us, obviously it sounds like it's given to, to the prophets, to the animals, uh, but as we start to, to really listen to it, we get that greater gift. It'll lead us, like we discussed last time, to the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's just really a higher endowment of the very spirit that we received earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that was in the Encyclopedia of Mormonism, right? That you were quoting from there? Sorry, yes. And it was sanctioned. Remember, this was sanctioned by the first presidency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go read and ponder over that uh, chapter. I had lots of good little important points there that I want to study. Um, let's see. What else in here? I have so many things highlighted it's to kind of wade through them sometimes. I loved on 248 where it's talking about um, the fact that we believe all things and in this light of uh, belief and unbelief and stuff. But this is one of the articles of faith. I mean, this is one of our, our core principles. And yet how unbelieving and incredulous sometimes we, we are. Uh, oh, we don't really believe that or, or that or that. But, you know, we believe in, in the main core principles, right? But but not all of the rest. <laughs> and so um, sometimes it's uh, interesting going back in, and rereading uh, uh, re and repondering those articles of faith are like, they're huge, really. Sometimes we kind of take them for granted as, as kids, as we're memorizing them, or as adults, as we're, we're, we're teaching them and, and referencing them once in a while, but um, that we, we believe all things. 
I, I, I love that statement that he had there and how he tied it in with like the Liahona, that all principles of faith begin to fully function only after we also believe them. Until then, they function by hit or miss, by degrees with apparent randomness. And like, <laughs> that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yeah, that basically described my life. You know, like <laughs> apparent randomness and, and by degrees hit and miss kind of a thing. Yeah, that, that's it. And so now it's like, okay, then how do I fix that unbelief so that it can be fine-tuned and, and work like the Liahona? I think that's a, a huge, important principle. Let's see. I really loved the quote from Joseph Smith on 256, where um, he says, all the saints of whom we have an account in all the revelations of God, which are extant, obtain the knowledge which they had of their acceptance in his sight through the sacrifice which they offered unto him and through the knowledge thus obtained, their faith became sufficiently strong to lay hold upon the promise of eternal life and to endure as seeing him who is invisible and were enabled through faith to combat the powers of darkness, contend against the wiles of the adversary, overcome the world and obtain the end of their faith, even the salvation of their souls. And then goes on to, to talk about a lot more, but like, I was like, there is some power in Joseph Smith's words right there. Like, he, he's saying that all of the saints, not just certain select prophets, not just the, the translated individuals, but all of the saints who we have an account of in all the, the revelations, which are extant, they all obtained the blessings by the exact same sacrifice through the sacrifice, which they offered unto him. And um, look at the, the blessings that, that were theirs because of it. It's like, I want those same things. And, and here's Joseph Smith really telling us, giving us that concise blueprint. It's like, <laughs> it's been there all along. I just haven't seen it for, for what it is. But I was like, this needs to be understood by everyone who's, who's trying to, to, to rend their, their unbelief. Because uh, there's a lot of power in those, those two paragraphs there. And then it kind of goes into that, that mighty prayer. I mean, we'll get into that next week, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited for, for next week's discussion on, on prayer and mighty prayer and everything and uh, taking that, that bullet point list there on, on 266 and really putting it into practice. But um, this that, discussion, discussion on faith reminds me of Alma 515, where it says, do you, exercise, do you exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view this mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God? And to me, this is like positive affirmations. We have to see ourselves there, act like we're there. And as we do, our actions and our faith will align with how we view ourselves. It's this eye of faith that we have to put in place. I love that. Yes. As I'm writing about my future self and stuff, like actually believing that, like, oh, I love that. I'm going to go back and like 
put that whole Alma chunk in, <laughs> in my manifestation there. I, I love that one. Yeah, on the, uh, 252, where it talks about Enoch's faith, brought in his entire city. What is that like? I've just been in my head. What does that faith feel like? What does that look like? What does somebody, do they act different? Like, obviously, but how and what do they do? And um, the, that's that's really been in my thoughts a lot like. Uh, exactly um how do i get to there mm-hmm. how, how do we get to that phase um to bring an entire city out of the celestial world um that's just uh, been one of my any if anybody has any thoughts about <laughs> <laughs> what what does that entail i guess is yeah it's a very interesting question there on page 249 yeah go ahead Stefan did uh, Rossanne have something more though um she I don't know no it's no go ahead okay go ahead So, so in answer to what you were saying 249 really hit me and I I'm thinking about the first principles and ordinances of the gospel, right? Being the first one having faith in Christ, right? So with that at the key, this is what the sentence says. When we believe in that which is true, let's just substitute Christ there, right? Um, Then that principle of truth, other words, everything Christ stands for, then operates in our life. And I thought, oh my goodness, is it really that simple? <laughs> you know, it is it there? Is it, it is that what it's all about? And yeah, it, I mean, if you really believe in Christ, then he will operate in your life. And it doesn't matter if you LDS or not, right? Right. Yeah. Where's that at on 249? That you were seeing? Uh, I think it's like right towards the top. Um, when we believe in that which is true, that then that principle of truth becomes operative in our lives. Is that what you were quoting there? I think it's like the very top paragraph. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah, that's really cool. It It, it is like, is it really that simple? <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple concept, but really putting it into practice kind of thing. It's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. Uh, but yeah, I've pondered that a lot about like City of Enoch. Like, okay, so they're just happy living on a cloud. Like, just serving each other and hugging all the time like what does it look like what is it what how do you exactly does their day-to-day look like (laughs) but if we know anything about gospel principles ascension of the ladder and stuff it's like all of those things come because of sacrifice or or, uh, not sacrifice because of trials descent phases right and so like they 
they meet and exceed their their constant trials so there there must be like fun things that they always get to to encounter and face so as we're going back through uh the joseph smith translation and also the the, the book of enoch the apocryphal uh, texts uh, we see that they waited through a lot of tribulation in order to to get where they um became that that city of righteousness and then taken up you know <laughs> i don't know what that looks like uh now in their city um if they're uh still progressing and growing and uh because of, of trials necessarily i don't know because of the whole translation thing terrestrial sphere but um Anyway, just that they know how to, to meet and exceed all of the, the obstacles that come their way. I, I think that that's just so inspiring, um, even though I don't know how, <laughs> how to do it. It's one of those things. It's a simple concept, but like putting it into practice kind of thing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> one day when, when we all get there, uh, we're going to look back and go, oh, that's how to do it. Yeah, I was trying to find well, something. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Um, a while back, I don't know. For each of us, it's been a little different, but I think Christ handpicked us out of a bunch of saints that were kind of sleeping. And he thought, this will be a good group. I'm not just talking about our group here, but those who have, you know, um, had a thirst for no more knowledge and and wanting to learn and and take on these things. And I think he's counting on us. So he picked the ones he thought that would follow through. So he has faith in us. I think that should tell us that. We need to have faith in ourselves. He believes that we can do it. Didn't all of you feel that awakening? I, you know, I feel like it was from Christ. And he needs us to, to get Zion ready for his return. And he needs a group of saints that will rise up and do that. And I think that, we're among those. Are you sure you didn't start reading the, the four ordinations book, Mother? I mean, you just did like <laughs> chapters one through three. <laughs> no, no, I haven't uh, read that yet. <laughs> I guess that's it. That is where the um, unbelief needs to be shed mm -hmm. and just pushed away. That's where the, you know, all of the, this is all feels so new to me this a lot of the stuff in this book is like what what how come i never saw that i never i didn't read scriptures that way mm -hmm. and it's been incredible and so i think there's a lot of unbelief that just needs to be swept off of my mind and so yeah thank you for that mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like you know there's lots of um i don't even know like coaching or, or whatever you know that, that goes on i just need like a coach i need to jump on a call and be like 
here's as my therapist, here's my, my life. Tell me where all of my unbelief is. And then I'll, I'll get rid of it. Sometimes it's really hard to like identify and, and work through all of those things. Right. <laughs> I think our, I think we know who the coach is. Yeah. <laughs> yep, for sure. You can't get on a phone call with this coach, <laughs> yeah. but they're always available. It's always there. So Yep. It's that wizard of Oz. It, it, as soon as you <laughs> finally get it, then you can can open that veil and, and see the, the wizard. <laughs> oh. Um and then L posted in um the, the comments uh, in reply to, to Neil, it reminded her of a book Seen with an Eye of Faith by Grant von Harrison. I haven't read that book. It, it, um, but uh, but yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to add that to my- It's really short. It's oh, okay. like about 70 pages, uh -huh. probably. And it's a sequel to Drawing on the Powers of Heaven, which is really good. I reread it a couple months ago. Uh -huh. but I don't think I've ever read this one, but I bought them together because they were companion books. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah, it's just interesting. Something I just popped open to it. said so the scriptures mention people who were able to see with an eye of faith. In some instances, they were able to see beyond the veil. See Ether 12, 19. It was with an eye of faith that Elijah and his servants were able to see the horses and the chariots of fire. The Lord sent to protect them in second Kings. The brother of Jared saw the Lord Jesus Christ prior to Christ's mortal birth in Ether 3, 6 through 16. So it's just, it's full of scriptures and it's just a little teeny book, but it, and it has some work um, questions at the end, things to work through mm. to help you. So well, it's kind of, it's just a nice little book. Yeah. What's the name of that book again? It's called Seeing with the Eye of Faith by Grant Von Harrison. Well, his other book is like totally awesome. One of the best books I've ever read. Yes, Drawing, Drawing on the on Powers the of powers. Heaven. Yes, uh, I love that book. It, it It's a life changer, actually. It is. I so need this, to keep rereading it. <laughs> so seen with the what now? Eye of Faith. With Good. an okay. eye of faith. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just writing that down. Uh, Anytime somebody says that there's a book and that it's a real game changer, I'm like, okay, I gotta at least buy it, even if I don't read it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'm just gonna dive into it. And... Um, Cameron, I just wanted to share something. When um, I worked at the St. George Temple, um, I was just a guide there for like two years. And the last day when it closed, it was just like a Saturday and we'd all been like anticipating it closing and we knew it was going to close November 4th. We we're all kind of dreading the day. And the whole day, we just like every worker there, we were just, it felt, it felt like the celestial kingdom. Like it just felt like, I don't know, there was just this love for everybody that came in and everybody that worked there like it just felt like we were a family and we were all just like crying and sad and like <laughs> hugging it's each other just like, it was just like so it was like like so holy and just like so I don't know it was, it was just the most amazing day mm -hmm. but we were also sad but then we just felt this unity of sadness I don't know mm -hmm. but I just think I wonder if that's just what that will feel like and then I was just thinking like 
even with this group, like I don't know any of you personally. I know Emily Davis, who's on here. Mm-hmm. And Libby is my daughter who's sometimes on here. But I don't really know any of you personally. But I feel like maybe we're like a little teeny mini Zion of people that are trying to be good and trying to learn and trying to improve. Like maybe there's lot hundreds of little groups like us who are trying to do that, you know, that are you're you know yearning and and earnestly working to be that so mm-hmm. someday i would love to meet all of you in person so i actually <laughs> knew your body <laughs> but i'm glad to know your spirit <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway so i just had those thoughts because it's just like when you have that when you have that unity in a group where everybody just feels complete love and just I don't know. There's just like nothing better than that. It's just the yummy feeling that I don't, you can't really even put words to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel the exact same to, towards everyone. Like these groups are so fun. And and I hope that, that, that there are many all over the place yeah, getting to, to know each other and building Zion in their, their own ways. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I just feel so connected to, to everyone um, in in different ways. I mean, everyone's in different little nuances and, and all of that, but <laughs> there's... And maybe, maybe we're like a virtual city of light. You don't know. We don't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that one word you said, Kathy, um, is a key word and that's unity. Um, I think you all were just feeling the same way and that unity of feeling in uh, a community of uplifting feeling of Christ-like feeling is probably one of the keys um, to feeling that Zion and that, you know, Enoch type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like a, it's like a oneness, a unity of like, you're all one. It was just such an amazing day. Like I, been there for two years and it was that was always good but that day was just like we like just it was just the the spirit was so strong and yet we were all so sad that it was getting you know the temple's getting you know all taken down and fixed and stuff but anyway yeah i think you're totally right unity uh, you know unity that one mind feeling. one heart mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of this scripture if you are not if, if is it if you are not one you are not mine is that mm. the is that the scripture mm. all of a sudden it left me i don't know if that's the right one but it sounds right yeah i think sounds so good <laughs> mm-hmm. there's also a conference talk i think i'm just trying to look it up it's called by unity of feeling i think we obtain power from god yeah and by a sister i, I don't remember what it's fairly recent uh, Sharon, I remember been... that talk. Yeah, yeah. who it is okay. about achieving well, swing in the rowboat. Oh my yes, God. that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking when everybody was talking. Yeah. I was like, when you get that swing, it just feels good, even though I've never been in a rowboat or anything. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when when you're in sync and you just you have all the feels and everything, like like Kathy was talking about that day, like yeah. Well, I think I find it interesting. Well, I find it perfectly fitting for Satan that he knows that that unity, that there's power in unity, right? And so he uses that to his, his advantage too for the unity of like the mindset of, you know, you've got to do this 
take away the agency of man. So I, I think that it, it definitely goes both ways. And that's why it's important for us to be on, be on the right side of unity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then Leslie's raising her hand. Maybe you're still muted, sorry. There you go. That. I'm sorry. I'm just super curious about the foreign book you were talking about. Is that real? Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sarah uh, was the one that kind of got me hooked on it, I guess. Like I had bought it a while back, but I hadn't uh, started reading it. Um, but it has like so many fun, interesting chapters. So what I'm doing is going through. Okay. So quick little preface on it. Um, it's kind of hard to get a hold of. So they did a first print run, but they're out of those copies, I think. And um, they're gonna be doing a second print run maybe or something anyway, but it's like a really expensive book and you can't even really get it anymore. So what I'm doing is I'm reading it along with you guys. And um, so I'm just doing one chapter a day and posting that on Learning, Z Learning Zion. So you can go and like listen to my boring voice reading it. And, and kind of follow along, but um, it's just an interesting little, um, not little, it's a huge book, but um, talking about missions and vanguard groups, cities of light, timelines, coordinations. And just... we are so thankful. When I heard that yesterday, it came up on my email and I listened to it. I was like, <laughs> he is the bomb. He's like, gonna, he's gonna read it to me. So I don't have to sit down and do it. And it was an awesome chapter. And I wanted to leave comments, but I was just on Spotify. But yeah. I was like, Cameron spoils us so much. <laughs> what's what's so the name awesome. of it? Um, so the four ordinations. So it's called Four Ordinations and Fulfilling Our End Time Missions for Jesus Christ by Robert J. Charlton. And I so, love the first chapter. It was awesome. So started yesterday. Uh, I started like three days ago like i i just barely recorded chapter four before our zoom tonight and posted it so i'm just doing like one chapter a day and and putting it on there if anyone's interested i'm not it's not part of this book club or anything like that i'm just i don't know Karen, you're, the <laughs> you're the best the reason i'm doing it is because i like to uh re-listen to things multiple times as i'm working Me and stuff too. like that and it's not in audible form so i'm just like okay well i'm gonna go record it for myself and if anybody wants to happen to listen like i'm not putting like audio expertise and going and re-editing myself like sometimes you hear me like cough or my chair squeak and stuff I'm, it's not perfect but it's just as if we're on a phone call and i'm reading you a bedtime story <laughs> i didn't even notice one issue that was wrong with it so you did a great job darlene you should just be so proud of your baby boy <laughs> i think she is yeah. he's so awesome and he spoils us so much okay so when i go into learning zion is it like on the is it obvious uh -huh, yeah so you go up to the book clubs tab up at the top the link up there and okay. then um it's just one of the the book clubs and so you just go in there chapter by chapter so um i don't know if if any of you access learning zion very much but like uh we have the triumph of zion all of the videos and the podcasts of triumph of zion are on there um 
and this four ordinations has a link as well. Okay. Thank you so much for doing that. This is exciting. I'm going to be doing it with the Angels of Fire as well. <laughs> oh, you are the best. I just got to get my physical copy. It should be in the mail in a couple of days. But. It's hard when you don't have tons of time to read, but you have tons of time to listen while you do everything else. So it's mm -hmm. just so awesome. Thank yeah. you. So like the, the Angels of Fire, they're going to be doing the audiobook sometime this year, they said. But I'm like, I can't wait. So I'm going to record my voice so that I can listen to it over and over again. And <laughs> I love it. So great. Thank you. Yep. Yes, thank you. Any I just wanted to <laughs> add on that book that um, it the cost, like, so I, I'll let you guys know when the new one comes out. I have a friend that is in contact with the friend that's, the uh, knows the author and so um the book is expensive but it is um a lot of color um like colored pages and the pages are really thick and um durable and so there's a reason that it's so expensive it's just it's like massive and then it has all these colored pages almost every color or every not every page but there's a lot of artwork in it so there's i'll let you know when a new um it's definitely, it's, I, I love the book. It's been really good for me, so. Yeah, and like the pictures are like huge as you're going through. And some of the pages are like only artwork and stuff, but yeah, there's, there's lots of good information in there. But I haven't read it before, so like I'm reading it with you guys. <laughs> so it'll be fun as we get to some of those chapters on advanced topics. <laughs> Um, anyway, anything else with, with Zion or Triumph of Zion or, or otherwise? I kind of got sidetracked with, <laughs> with that and I can't jump back into Triumph. I forget where I'm at. Um... Yeah, I think I've covered most of my my aha moments for for this section. But um, if anybody else has has anything, if not, let me throw the schedule for next week up. So next week we are going to be going from prayer through the gift of the Holy Ghost. So it's pages two sixty through two eighty. Um, it kind of diving a little back, a little bit back into 259, just to capture that first part of the prayer section. But um, anyway, that'll be the, the third part of the chapter 10 for next week. Um, well, so I'm unlearning Zion now in your book club under chapter one and I, and all of them have locks on it. Is there, what am I doing wrong? Um, a good question. Let me pop over there real quick. Um, it says you currently don't have access to this content. So you're like in the actual four ordinations one? Yeah, in the book club, it says two of them. And then I, of course, content. Says chapter one, four ordinations, awakening to our four day end time missions. 
Uh-huh. And then and I try to click on it. It says you don't have access oh, to this content. Gotcha. So um, you'll click on the blue start course button. I'll take this course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take this course and then it'll enroll you kind of a thing. I don't know why ah, it does that whole, sweet. but yeah, because the, the okay. software that I'm using is a free version. And so it's set up for like payment. And so um, it would usually have like a, a purchase button there. Ah. Anyway, okay. you have to click sure. on that, that blue start the course and then you'll be able to, to see all of the, the things in there. And our payment is zero, got it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey Cameron, yeah. on on that website, are you um, are you needing some funds to continue keeping that up, or like, are you is that like an ongoing thing that we need to help support, or? <laughs> I mean, it's just my contribution to to things or whatever. But I mean, if anybody wants to chip in, you're more than welcome to. Um, so it's an annual cost. Uh, total it's about 1200 for like some of the plugins and the website hosting and that's a ton of money we oh all need gosh. to help out with that but no I, I don't want anybody to feel like obligated to to do it i mean no I'm, we I'm need to help to. out that is a buttload of money so do you have a venmo you can post for us yeah uh-huh yeah it is um i think i have it here on my Many hands make light work, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, like I'm not trying to scrounge for money, but like there's my Venmo if anybody wants to to send anything for it. But again, uh, it, it's already paid for. So anything is, is over and above. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but there's next month, next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does come due every year. <laughs> yeah. We better start using it as much as we use the Facebook page. We better start using. That is a, a good question. Um, with just in general, from the, the Learning Zion site, is there anything that you would like me to put in it that would make it more user-friendly or something that you would go and that, that it is a good resource kind of a thing? Um, you know, like the Lord initially prompted me to, to go and start it because Facebook's not going to be around forever or a safe place forever. And so I started it, but it's just kind of like in this like dormant phase ready for, for when that happens. But is there anything that I can build into it that would be super helpful for you as, as we're learning and, and growing and stuff? I, I'm totally open to suggestions, email them to me, text them or whatever, and I can kind of get those implemented do you always post um like for instance there's stuff in the group chat do those get put in the learning zion or are they gone once this conversation's over uh-huh yeah so <laughs> i'm not the greatest at keeping up on it that's my goal for this week and next week is to go back and fill in any that i've missed but yeah, I try to go in and post links to all of the videos that were referenced or books that were referenced during the, the meeting time there. Um, I have all of the chats saved. And so I'm just going to go back and like copy and paste and put any of those in that are missing. Um, but yeah, uh, any discussions that, that people want to have on there. And yeah, I mean, if it works just like Facebook, I mean, discussions and commenting and, and all of that. But everything is, is located in 
organized by book for our, our club. So there's oh, the, cool. the actual videos. And then I'm starting to, somebody requested in here. I, I can't remember. I think it was, might've been Sarah uh, Koalas, but um, anyway, they, they were like, ah, I, I want to listen to all of them, but I don't like I'm doing it at work. And so I have to have my phone on and it just drains my battery and my data. And so it would be really nice if we could do a podcast. And so I just started uploading all of our sessions onto the Podomatic as well, so that you can just listen to those um, oh, cool. and stuff. So um, I'm, I've started with chapter nine of Triumph of Zion doing that. And then I'm going back and uh, uploading all of those there as well. Wow, Cameron, you really are a saint. That is amazing that you do this for all of us. Yeah. Because like some of these things <laughs> are so fun to like go back and like rewatch and re-listen to and, and different things um, at, at different times. But yeah, I, it's like such a fun source, isn't it, Mother? Like <laughs> that's kind of our hobby is to like go back and, and rewatch some of the, the fun ones. I mostly just use it to look for all the other groups to listen to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that you posted all the links to stuff like the, the L always puts on there and everybody has these good, great things. So mm -hmm. that's great to know because later I'm like, what was that book they were asking? So then I text you and bug you. So I'm glad that you to know that it's on there so I can not bug you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, like I said, I haven't been the best at it, but that's my goal this week is to go back and get caught up and get all of those on there. And um, we can I'm maybe be that. responsible to put our own stuff on there when we suggest stuff to put our own stuff on there so you don't have to babysit us so much. <laughs> oh, no, you're good because, like, it's easy for me to, like, copy from the chat. But if you ever find anything that's, um, like, say, after class and you're like, oh, I, sh I was, should have, like, recommended this book or, or something like that, like, go ahead and, and comment that in there. That would be really awesome. Stuff. So, um, there's like a new notes feature that I'm experimenting with on, on a plugin um, so that like when we're studying the book of Nelson, it'll be kind of like a Google doc almost where we can all like kind of comment on certain parts and, and read kind of highlight together almost. But I, I, I'm still working out the bugs on it because it's not like a perfect plugin, but we'll see if, if I can get that one on there. But if that is it, could be really handy because you could take notes anywhere on the website. There's just like a little sticky note button almost. And then you can, it, it organizes all of your notes and then you can just print them easy with one click um, and add them to your journal or your notes collection kind of thing. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm working on that, but any other ideas that anybody ever has on uh, a handy tool or links that you want me to put into to learning design and stuff, I'd be happy to do that as time permits, but if I can, I, I, I'm like a kind of coder, but I'm not a great coder. Um, but anyway, I dabble. <laughs> well, it looks like you're doing pretty good coding. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's some little issues and L keeps me pretty up to date on it. Like sometimes there'll be like some weird Russian hacker that got in and started posting some groups or whatever. And Elle's like, we got another one. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I like it better than Facebook. I mean, I read Facebook, I know. but I, I don't post to Facebook. I can never go back to Facebook. I would love it. Better than Facebook and safer than Facebook. So good to yes. have both, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Plus, we're not getting censored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot of censorship stuff this this last week. People have been talking about. Um. So, when is your re-upping for your fifteen hundred or twelve hundred dollar hit? What month? Uh, it, it hits in the last part of February each year. Okay, so in February we should probably do a little campaign for you. No, it's fine. <laughs> It'll all be good. Thank you all for for sending some some things. I've been getting my little text messages. I agree, Stefan. <laughs> no, you don't have to. We Cameron, can put a little. Just say thank you. Up. This is when you you get to practice being really humble and saying thank you. <laughs> so, so my job is fundraising for UVU. So, I'm thinking we should just put a little thermometer up there and. Let that little mercury rise, right? Awesome <laughs> idea. Like, that's awesome. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. So your, your assignment then, Cameron, in February is to tell us how much you're lacking. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know and then we can. We're going to keep bugging you until you tell us. So you might as well just tell us. I, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> me and Stefan are gonna like we're not gonna let it go we're on it <laughs> Stefan is a fundraiser and I have a really big mouth so we're a really good team <laughs> okay wait hold on if you let him tell us how much he needs then he might just do what he's comfortable with accepting so what we need to do yeah. is just give him what we're comfortable giving and then if he has extra then it helped pay for last year Oh no! Or you can put new features on it with that extra money. Yeah. Right. It's true too. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your unified efforts in my <laughs> Let's face it, we, you can't go away, so we have to keep you viable. <laughs> That's one way to put it, yeah. Darlene, aren't you going to jump in here sometime? <laughs> yeah. She's just watching it happen. She's like, you dug your own hole, Cam. You got to deal with it now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's um, one way we can say thank you. Mm hmm. Well, thank you all because <laughs> it's like I'm <laughs> having you all pay to be my friends. <laughs> because... No, we're paying you to read to us because so, we don't have time to read books. <laughs> and it's only once a year. So, yeah. you know, we should just do a, a fundraising campaign February, the Cam Feb campaign. <laughs> yes. yes. I agree, Stefan. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll start dreaming up some some good stuff to put into the website so that it's worth it. <laughs> it's already worth it. My brother-in-law teaches Thank at you. UU, Stefan. Really? really? What yes. department? English. I'll be darn. Yeah, I'm in the uh, engineering and technology mm -hmm. department or college. He's been there for a very long time. Yeah, we're the largest school in Utah. 
mm. university, actually, I should say. So it's a great mm -hmm. job. I love it. Mm. Yeah, my his daughters attend now. So, well, I think one actually graduated, but yeah. Yep, they attend for free, actually. Mm -hmm. That's why they, yep, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great part. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> I'll have to edit this last part. <laughs> I got a little distracted, but <laughs> stay tuned for the podcast. It'll have some great features. <laughs> you right. should leave it in for the other groups, right? Yes, I'm going to chime into so the other group. So you're you're best, yeah. Kathy's yeah. <laughs> gonna bring it up no matter what. All right. I am. I'll leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just told us she has a big mouth, so. <laughs> and, and if you don't leave it in, we'll just up on the other groups. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble now. <laughs> funny. Well, thank you. Yep, it's been fun. Thank I'll you. see everyone Thank next everyone. week. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Have a good evening. Good night. Good night.